startups begin in communities across the country. Why does Silicon Valley get so much credit? My name is Nick Castor. And I'm Caitlin Clays. We're interviewing the people building startup communities across America. But in the areas no one is talking about, the middle. This is the Ecosystem Builder Podcast by Mug.News. This is Nick Kastner, and I am here interviewing Beth Trio, one of the builders of the Sioux City, Iowa ecosystem. So Beth, thank you for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to have a conversation today. Yes, likewise, likewise. Um, so to, to start things off, um, how did you first become involved in in your startup ecosystem? Well, actually, uh, so I started my business about eight years ago, but I became involved in the startup community before that. I was working for the Chamber of Commerce, our Siouxland Chamber of Commerce. And in Sioux City, we have both arms of economic development and Chamber of Commerce under kind of one roof. It's the Siouxland Initiative is the economic development arm and Chamber of Commerce is the Chamber of Commerce for the region. So we have all three states um, that that chamber serves. And so I was working there. I was actually kind of in account management and was able to go to lots of different businesses, whether they were new, existing, helped new businesses with ribbon cuttings. That was kind of my job. So I was really involved with that side of businesses coming into town, starting, thriving. And just naturally, I became kind of a consultant in that space, right? They would just ask me, hey, I'm starting this business. I obviously didn't hesitate giving my opinion, so I'm sure that kind of fueled that. And I really enjoyed working with businesses as they were starting, they were growing, they were moving to new markets. Uh, It was just a really exciting thing for me. It's a unique perspective coming from the, I I guess going from a traditional government role into entrepreneurship. How, How did that shift happen? Well, it's funny because looking back now, it obviously, I think, really helped launch me into that world of entrepreneurship. But at the time, I had no desire to start my own business. Didn't even think about that. I wanted a job with a salary and a paycheck. And it just never occurred to me that I could start a business. Or on second thought, what would I start? And so one of the things that I was able to do when I was at the chamber is really integrate social media into their strategy. We used it to announce things. We started a blog. Uh, My background before I joined the chamber, I was working for the American Red Cross. And this is right when social media was in in its infancy, right? Mm -hmm. And so I kind of saw different elements of social media tools that were working for that nonprofit at, at a national level and started plugging and playing them into the chamber itself. And when I was visiting with these businesses of, hey, this is how you start a basic website. This is how you can use Facebook giving them tips, advice, and ideas. And it just kind of became a lot of what I was doing at the chamber. And I got involved in the community. I joined the Young Professionals Network. And that was probably one of the biggest pivotal points was being in part of that Young Professionals Network. I was on the board. I was really integrated into that group of people. And the group of people were a little bit older than me, uh, but they were all starting their own businesses real estate companies, law firms, architecture firms, a lot in the professional services world. And I think that's really what changed my mind of like, I can do this too. Like, um, I have people that that know what they're doing. They can help me. They can support me. And there was just a point where I was like, 
well, I'm frustrated with how social media is being treated in the advertising world. I thought it was the wrong way, and I thought I could make an impact to that. So fast forward, I quit my job, found out I was pregnant two weeks later, so that's not the best time to start a business, and uh, just launched two months later. So wow. it was kind of a crazy ride. Yes, quite the journey. Um, so I, I guess now getting back into um, – the Sioux City ecosystem in particular, what is something about the community that would surprise surprise someone on the outside looking in that, that they may not know exists in Sioux City? I think if you are not living in the community or you don't know the key players of entrepreneurs, you may not think things are happening as it relates to startups, ecosystems, connectivity. I believe that there is a lot more happening than what we probably brag about. And I think that's our biggest opportunity is we need to be showing and telling more about what the community is doing and the startups and the entrepreneurs and what they're trying to do and supporting them in that um, than we probably are doing now. Okay, interesting. Are there a lot of, I guess, grants or interest-free free loans provided by, I guess, an organization or the city for entrepreneurs in, in Sioux City? Or like, what, um, how, like what, what's the access to those type of resources? So I think that's the biggest challenge, right? Because there are uh, projects out there, but we also live in a tri-state area. So we have South Dakota, Iowa, Nebraska, plus mm -hmm. you have national grants, plus you have SBA loans. So just being able to navigate that space is confusing at times. The good news is there's always people and resources that are there to help and support. So I always tell people, go to the chamber, go to the SBA um, office, talk to different colleges, and the state also, especially Iowa, but the other states as well, they have really great programs. It's just navigating them. That's the tricky part. So find somebody that's done it before and lean on them. That's really sound advice beyond the financing of, uh, <laughs> yeah, of a business. Um, so now for some more, I guess, quick hitting questions. Yeah. Um, which coffee shops do entrepreneurs hang out in Sioux City? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. So coffee works, definitely. There's always a crew there, typically on Friday mornings. Hardly, hard line coffee is one. Again, since the pandemic, I think some of the stuff has shifted, but I do know that there is a group of entrepreneurs that go to that coffee shop as well. And I'm probably forgetting some. Uh, Stone Brew, that's the other one. I would say those are the probably three local ones that you find the most amount of entrepreneurs hanging out currently since some of the other lobbies are not open. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, of course. How about co-working spaces? Are, are there many co-working sp spaces? Another good question. So my husband also is an entrepreneur and there is springboard co-working and there is, I think it's called Nucleus. And both of those are in the Ho-Chug building, downtown Sioux City. Springboard has, I think, the largest amount of reoccurring tenants. So if you go there, there's, there may be other people there or there's offices and it feels more entrepreneur. The other space is beautiful. I just don't know if they have very much of a volume of people in and out all the time. Yes. Yeah, of course. If I wanted to learn more about startup events in, in Sioux City, is there a resource that, that I could go to, to to see what's happening? Yeah. So we're really excited. We just uh, hired a full-time person uh, that's part of the Iowa West Coast Initiative. They do have resources. They have social media accounts, Facebook pages. So I would highly recommend looking that initiative up. It's really robust. And we have a full-time person who just a couple months ago has been hired and is the right person for the job. I'm really excited about who they picked to be in that role. She's been going around the communities, visiting with startups, trying to build connectivity.
connectivity and supporting and bringing everybody together. Because that's, again, regardless of COVID or not COVID, I think that's something that we all have identified needs to happen sooner rather than later. And so that's a great place to start. And that, that's where most of the information is coming from. Yes. Yeah. Good, good to know. Um, what is the most successful startup from, from Sioux City? So I think that most people would say Gateway because it's the one, I mean, they had 5,000 employees here at one time. Um, I think though the most successful part of Gateway is not just the amount of employees that they have, but the leaders and the people that were part of Gateway then turned around and built businesses. They fostered entrepreneurship. They're mentoring and supporting other people. And the businesses that kind of stemmed off of the gateway, like train, I guess, Mm -hmm. um, is really impressive. And those are a lot of the entrepreneurs in the community that I look up to because they've been serial entrepreneurs. They've started a lot of things and they really do give back as it relates to their advice and their mentorship. Yes. Yeah. I forget Gateway was, um, is from Sioux City. I, yeah. I remember the cow computer growing up, but I, yeah. I forget that it's, it was a Midwest-based company. Um, who is the most known entrepreneur from, from Sioux City? And I think the answer may be you. Oh, so, no, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. um, so who's the, the, the second mo- most known entrepreneur? Oh, so that's a really good question. I have like, I feel like I'm like having to pick favorites now. Yeah. Um, or, or even some of them. Yeah. So Dave Bernstein is his business state steel. His family business is definitely, um, I don't know if it is considered a startup. It's been around for a really long time, but he has been really, um, instrumental in trying to bring the right people around the table. He's been part of the chamber and the economic development board. So I definitely would include him in the mix. Also Debbie Durham, who was the past president of the chamber. She now works for the governor um, on the state of Iowa and economic development, but she is very well connected still in the Sioux City, Iowa area. And again, she doesn't, she hasn't started a business, but I know she helps facilitate and support a lot of startups um, and just launched many of them. Uh, I'm trying to think, like, I have so many friends, I feel like they're going to like call me out because I have not shouted them out, but um, there, there's, there's definitely multiple people. And the other thing I think that's really interesting about Sioux City is because we have this a lot of family b- businesses that these second generation people that are coming into their family business are basically having to have that entrepreneurial mindset and refueling some of these legacy businesses. And I think that's really awesome. They probably don't always get categorized as entrepreneurs, but it, that's the way they're thinking and they're building the business. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's good to know that it's a, it's a longer, longer list than, than everyone you mentioned. Um, so yes. yes, Beth, who is the biggest venture capitalist you've worked with and, and how did you get connected with them? I really haven't worked with any venture capitalists. I wish that I had a clear cut answer for that. We need more, like I should know who that is in town and I don't have that off the top of my head. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, are there with in- equal investors, same thing. Okay. We have a good uh, quickly identified group of angel investors that everybody just kind of knows is what's happening in Sioux City. Yes. Yeah. And um, that's been, I guess, a big struggle in the Midwest that just yes. like, the lack of all of that. Um, are there any news outlets, podcasts, or blogs dedicated to covering startups in, in Sioux City? I don't know if it's dedicated. Oh, actually, yes. Sioux City, 
Sioux City Show. That's a hard one for me to say. Um, <laughs> Taylor Grody with Honeywave Media does that. He does an awesome job with that podcast. So that's definitely one I want to call out. There's another one. I don't know where they're out of, but they featured businesses in the Northwest Iowa region. It's called, I think, Rural Revitalist. Um, it's a podcast. And um, in terms of news outlets, the Chamber and the Initiative will cover startups, um, you know, as kind of the news breaks. And they have a, another podcast that's called, um, oh, I'm blanking on the name of it. But is it called this? I can't remember it, but the chamber does it in partnership with uh, the local radio station, Paul Radio Group um, in Sioux City. Okay, cool, cool. And then last question for you, Beth. Uh, so if I were to move to Sioux City tomorrow and wanted to start a business, what should be the first thing I do? Some really challenging questions. I would say probably go get connected to the chamber. I think that the chamber has a really good network to pull from. And um, from there, I would say, go to the places where entrepreneurs hang out. Those coffee shops I was mentioning, uh, Springboard, the co-works, co-working station. And the best thing about Sioux City is it's a really big, small town. So everybody knows everybody. People are so willing to help you out, but don't be afraid to ask because asking people, who do I need to meet? I'm interested in starting a business. How can I launch this? I'm always willing to help out, but I know there's so many other people that are as well. Well, Beth, thank you so much for taking the time and, and sharing your valuable perspective with us. No problem. Thanks for having me. Now that we've learned about an ecosystem from the person building it, I'm going to link back up with Caitlin to clarify some jargon and take a deeper dive into this community. All right. Hey, Nick, how was your interview? Oh, so Beth was fantastic. Just a delightful human to talk to. You know, like when, like her, I, um, her energy is contagious, which is always good to, um, to touch base and get to know people like that. But that's great. Did you have any, uh, some big takeaways? Yes, of course. So my first one was, it, it was a reminder that everyone has a different story. Beth, coming from the economic development and then segueing into an entrepreneur, from my, I guess, from what I'm seeing, that seems to be pretty unique. That like someone working for the Chamber of Commerce doesn't end up being an entrepreneur most of the time. And the fact that she, she is, like that is her path, reminded me that everyone has a different path. Um, so that is always just, I guess, refreshing to, um, um, that is a refreshing, I guess, thought to keep, keep top of mind. And then second, uh, secondly, I forgot that uh, Gateway Computers was started in, um, in Sioux, uh, Sioux Falls, Iowa, or uh, Sioux City, Iowa, excuse me, and um, Gateway, uh, do, you, do you remember Gateway, Gateway Computers, Caitlin? It was like, it was rivaling Microsoft in like the early 2000s. Um, it was a very large computer company that has since folded. And mm -hmm. um, it, it, it is, um, I, I totally forgot that this like very large computer company was started in, in, in the middle, which is like exactly what we're trying to capture with, with Mug News and, and how do you create more of that. And, mm -hmm. um, and Beth, Beth touched on that when a large company arises like that, there's a bunch of other entrepreneurial activity that is spawned off of that, whether that's like the employees that help start the company, that they help start other companies, or there's other businesses that support that company. Um, 
so that that was also just I guess refreshing to to get a, a history of the town and how that how that one company has has helped grow the ecosystem even after it no longer exists. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. That, that's like you did mention a bunch of those different things. And I agree with her um, transition, that segue. Uh, you don't normally see that happening. But I, I definitely appreciate the idea that there's no one straight path and that there are many different ways to get to where you're trying to go. Yes. And it's always um, it's tough to remember that when you're when your path is windy, um, mm-hmm. that sometimes when you're like on the windy path, it, it, it feels like, oh, why isn't it straight? And like all these other people, like it was just A to B, but no one's path is ever a straight line. Um, so, mm-hmm. it, um, and I thought Beth's story um, really highlighted that. Absolutely. Did you have anything that you needed to look up afterwards? So Caitlin, I, this is now, I guess the second episode that I've, I've had a recap and I didn't. Um, and I think, I think that was part of, um, that like Beth is both an entrepreneurial uh, entrepreneur and ecosystem builder. So mm-hmm. like a lot of the jargon, I, I don't think um, she wasn't using as much jargon as other ecosystem builders that, that we talked to, but there was mm-hmm. nothing that I had to look up. Well, that's great. Did you have any other last minute takeaways? Um, none that I can think of. Um, no, absolutely not. If you had any takeaways, tweet at us. Um, I, I would love to hear what you are thinking on Twitter. And that um, leads me into, Caitlin, do you want to read us out? Absolutely, if you're ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Ecosystem Builder Podcast, which is a product of Mug.News and hosted by Nick Kastner and Caitlin Clays. If you have any questions about today's episode, connect with us on Twitter at, at Nick Kastner, at Clays Creates, or at Mug News Official. If you've enjoyed the episode, please leave a fresh review and share with your friends. We release episodes every Wednesday morning, so make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a beat.